Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> How's the peace going at your house, huh? Experiencing a lot of peace this season? I hope so. But the truth is, there's probably some of the opposite too, right? A little sadness and stress and grinchiness and anxiety. There are big expectations this time of year to be joyful and happy and merry and full of peace. So when, when we're not, it hits us kind of hard. I mean, think about it, all the challenges and stresses we have in our daily life. And have you ha ever had one of those days where everything just seems to pile up and it just all goes wrong? You know, I've shared some of my stories before, so I thought I would share a story with you that kind of warmed my heart this week. Rick Warren, he's one of my favorite pastors. I look up to him. I, I really respect him. God's really used him to teach me some things in my life. And, you know, he's, he's pastor of a big church and he's got a big staff and you think oh you know God's really blessing him and using him everything must be smooth in his life right well he told this story about uh, a few years ago he he got up one night one day he uh, he couldn't get all his work done he had these deadlines he was just so stressed out and so that night he went home and he couldn't sleep he tossed and turned all night he was trying to work on this these deadlines and all the stuff he had to get out and uh, he couldn't sleep and the next day he had a big day he got up early he went to make his protein shake he put all the, you know, all those weird ingredients in there and all in the blender ready to go, but he didn't get the lid on very tight. And then when he hit, you know, blend, it sprayed all over him in the kitchen. His wife wasn't real happy. That's how he left going off to work. And that day he had to drive to into Los Angeles. And you know what the traffic is like down there, right? Even worse than here. And eventually he gets to this place where he's stuck in this terrible traffic jam. He happens to glance up in his rear view mirror. He notices there's no car like immediately behind him, but he sees his car coming up really fast. And the guy's not looking like his head's down. I'm sure he was texting, right? Rick said, I was thinking, he's going to hit me. He's going to hit me. He hit me. So there they are, smashed in the middle of this, this traffic jam. He can't get his car over to the shoulder. He's just sitting there waiting for the highway patrol to show up. So he decides to turn on the radio. At least his radio was still working. He thought he'd listen to something to pass the time. And he put it on some talk show. And a caller called in and said, man, I wish Rick Warren was dead. I mean, that's the kind of day he was having. The ambulance came, took him off to the hospital, and they scanned him to see if he had a concussion. Thought, man, I should have just stayed in bed. You ever have a day like that? Just so stressful, there's no peace, nothing going good in your life. And, and by the end of the day, you're just like, man, I just can't take it anymore. You know, I talk to a lot of people. And uh, I, I don't talk to many people that are, are experiencing a lot of peace in their life. How about you? Do you talk to a lot? I mean, most people are busy, stressed, maxed out, worried, concerned, frantic, overwhelmed. And, and let's just be honest, I struggle to stay at peace myself. I mean, there's times when I feel really at peace and I'm trusting God and everything. Man, I just love those times. But then, then I find things getting me distracted, getting me the opposite of peaceful. And it's a rare quality, especially at Christmas. You think of all the things around us, the increased traffic, parking, shopping, getting the gifts ready, getting the house ready for guests, or getting ready to travel, spending time with extended family. It's just a stressful time. And yet peace is one of the reasons that we celebrate Christmas. Jesus came to give us peace. In fact, you know the story, very familiar story, right? 2,000 years ago, the king who was ruling over uh, Israel, he decreed that everyone had to return to their hometown and register for a census. So, you know, imagine, imagine this, everybody has to put in their full week of work and then Friday rolls around and everybody's got to get out of town and go and register, right? Tens of thousands of people loaded up their donkeys or camels and they headed back to their hometown. 
Just imagine what 880, 680, 237, and 580 looked like. Can you imagine? All these people just crawling along. And Joseph and Mary, you know, they were engaged. They weren't married yet. Mary was miraculously pregnant. God had impregnated her with, with baby Jesus. And uh, they had to go to Bethlehem. They had to get on their donkey and travel. And uh, you know, she was in her, eighth, her last month of pregnancy. And I just know when my wife was pregnant that last month, man, she just wanted to get that thing out of her. You know what I mean? She couldn't breathe. Everything was uncomfortable. Just get it out of me. Can you imagine having to ride a donkey through traffic? And here she is. They show up. Can't find a good place. All the Marriott's were full. The, the best westerns. Even the Motel 6's, they wound up in a little barn of some sort, right? A stable. She has the baby. <laughs> I don't imagine that was a very peaceful trip. You know what I mean? They have the baby. And then we read that outside of Bethlehem, there were some shepherds. They were taking care of their flocks. They were at work. Can you imagine you're at work and boom, an angel shows up? I mean, think about it. Where do you work? Boom, there's an angel. And we think of angels as these cute little cuddly beings, you know, we make little ornaments and we put them on our Christmas tree. But every time an angel shows up in the Bible, they were scared to death. They're about to wet their loincloths. They were just all afraid. Man, it says they were terrified. And the angels always have to say, oh, fear not. And he tells them that, you know, I got good news. The Savior's been born that you've been waiting on. And then this whole host of angels fills the sky and they sing. And this there on your outline, look what they sing. Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And can you underline that phrase, peace on earth? Man, this baby's come. He's come to bring peace on earth. Give God the glory. Give him all the credit, all the honor, all the props. And peace on earth with those whom God is pleased. And you might be wondering, well, who, who are those people? Who is God pleased with? I'm not experiencing a lot of peace right now. Is God pleased with me? The people that God is pleased with, the Bible tells us, is people who live by faith, who put their faith and trust in God. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so these angels announced that this baby's here, came to bring peace. He was, he was prophesied about 700 years before in Isaiah. So about 2,700 years ago, Isaiah wrote, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Can you underline that phrase, Prince of Peace? Man, one name wasn't enough for Jesus. We couldn't describe him with one name. All these descriptions, descriptive names. This, this son, this child is equated with God. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father, and he's the prince of peace. Came to bring peace. And as we come to the end of 2018, I'm sure many of you are fatigued, you're worn out, you're stressed, and you're kind of wondering, where is this peace that the angels promised? And maybe you find yourself in a moment going, maybe this year, I wish, I wish Christmas, maybe this Christmas, I wish things could just be a little different. I wish it didn't have to be so stressful around my house or when all my family gets together. I wish we could just slow down and experience God's peace. And if you're here today and you need some peace, I've got some good news for you because God wants you to have peace. We're going to look together at the secrets of having God's peace. And you picked a great service to come to. But you know what? I hope, I hope in 2019 you'll commit to come to as many services as you can, whether it's in Fremont or in Hayward, because you know what? God wants to speak to you each and every week and each and every day. And when we come together, he speaks to us. So let's look at this gift of peace. 
Here's what Jesus said. He said, I give you peace, the kind of peace that only I can give. It isn't like the peace that this world can give. So don't be worried or afraid. Jesus said, I came to give you some peace. You can't get it anywhere else. You can't get it in a bottle. You can't get it in a pill. You can't get it in an experience or in a book. You can't get it online. The kind of peace I give, only I can give it. You can't get my kind of peace from religion, from Buddha or Muhammad or going to church. You can only get it from me. It isn't like the kind of peace the world gives, he says. It's exclusive. The world's peace is kind of phony and fragile. It's temporary. It doesn't last. And it just covers up the emptiness, stress, and anxiety inside of us. And as I was studying for this, this message, I was kind of shocked to learn that there's, there's 790 verses in the Bible about peace. Think God cares about our peace? 790 verses. Now, we've only got time to look at a couple of hundred of them today, okay? So let's, get, let's dive in. I'm just kidding. When you summarize these 790 verses, they kind of boil down to three key areas. I'm going to ask you to write these down on your outline. The first is an eternal peace, a spiritual peace, a peace with God. This is the most important one because it affects everything else. You know, in life, you know when a relationship is out of whack, when things aren't going well, when you have a little conflict with your wife or your husband or your parents or your kids or a coworker or a friend. When you, have, when you have some harsh words and some conflict in a relationship that you really care about, man, it kind of upsets, it upsets you in your stomach, right? I mean, sometimes I just, just kind of just knot it up. Sometimes you can't sleep when you're having a situation like that. It just eats at you. And you know, when your, your relationship with God is out of whack, man, things are just aren't settled. They're not right inside. I mean, we all wander away from God. The Bible says we each choose to sin and go our own way. And we kind of get used to living with that unsettledness, that lack of something. But we know deep inside something's not right. Something's missing. And we long for that. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians. God sent Christ. Why did he come? To make peace between himself and us. See, God took the initiative. The Bible says when we were still God's enemies, he reached out to us. And Jesus came so that we could have peace with God. And you might say, well, why do I need peace with God? I'm a pretty good person. I believe in God. I, 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 I acknowledge him. But again, every one of us, we have times in our life when we, when we think, you know, I know better than God. I know what I think is best. I'm going to do it my way, not God's way. And that's called sin. You say, we kind of have this attitude, I'm going to be the Lord of my own life. I'm not going to submit to God. I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to be in control, and I'm going to do it. And whenever we assume God's role in our lives, that's, that's like an act of rebellion. It puts me in conflict with God. The Bible says it separates us from God. And so we're living with this conflict, this lack of peace between us and God. But we have peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Not from what we do, but from what Jesus came to do for us. So that's the first and most important thing about peace. But the beautiful thing is when you have peace with God, so often number two follows. You get internal peace, emotional peace, peace with myself. When, when we don't have peace with God, we feel anxious. We feel unsettled. We feel uneasy. We feel guilty. We feel like something's missing. We feel insecured. Insecure. But when I have peace with God, I feel the opposite. I can kind of relax I can trust that he's in control, that he's with me. And so we have, when we have peace with God, we get what the Bible calls the peace of God. 
And when I have peace with God, I get this peace of God. And Paul wrote, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And we'll talk about how to do that a little later. But let this peace of Christ rule in your heart. Shalom. Shalom means more than just ending of hostilities. It means a well-being. Like everything's in harmony within your spirit, within your soul. And you know with these 790 verses, there's a verse about peace for every one of your problems in the Bible. So you might write this down. God has a peace. God has a peace for every problem. He's got something to encourage you in his word about every lack of peace area you might have in your life. There's financial peace promises. There's physical peace promises. There's relational peace promises. There's promises about your worry. God cares. He doesn't want you to live that way where you're all stressed out and anxious and bound up. And then here's another beautiful consequence. When you have peace with God and you have the peace of God, you know what happens? The third thing comes along. You begin to experience external peace, relational peace, peace with others. When your relationship with God is good and you have peace inside, you know what? You're a lot easier to get along with. So am I. The farther away we get from God, the more it messes up our relationships with everybody else. You want to strengthen your marriage? Get close to God. If you're growing closer to God and your spouse is growing closer to God, it pulls you closer to each other. You know, you want to be a better parent? You want to have a better connection with your kids? Get close to God. You want to have better relationships with your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers? Get close to God. Allow God to work in you and to give you his peace. You know, when you're living with God's peace, things other people do don't bother you quite so bad. You know, we, we receive daily challenges in that area when we have to share the road with people, right? When you experience peace with God, peace don't, things don't bother you quite as bad. They still bother you. It's still growing. But the world is not getting more peaceful. You know, we just see all around us, it just feels like we're, we're being torn apart you know, we have them, all this media, social media, and all these different viewpoints, and everybody picking and pulling at each other. Man, who has the answer? How can we have peace with each other? We're not all going to be alike, so how can we get along? Well, I love what it says in Ephesians. On the cross, Christ did away with our hatred for each other. He also made peace between us and God by uniting Jews and Gentiles. You know how revolutionary that was for a Jewish person to hear? That God wanted there to be peace between all people. I mean, today we could say God made peace by uniting Jews and Gentiles, Asians and Caucasians and Latin Americans and African Americans, Raiders fans and Niners fans, even Democrats and Republicans in one body. He wants to have peace. Where does that peace come from? When you're in Christ. When you're in Christ, it doesn't matter the differences we might have when we're in Christ. God says we're to have peace with each other. When we're experiencing his peace, we're going to have peace with each other. And that's one of the beautiful things about our church family. We have so much diversity, and yet God brings us together. That's what Jesus came to do, to bring peace. You know, God created us for a relationship with him and relationships with each other. And when he looks down at this messed up world, he hates what sin does to us. He hates how it divides us, how we fight and bicker and fuss. And he, he longs for there to be peace with him and, and with each other. And so how do we enjoy that peace? And you say, oh, yeah, that all sounds good, Dwayne. That's, I, that'd be nice to have, but how do I experience that? Because I'm struggling to experience that in my life right now. Maybe you've never experienced that. And Jesus says you need to do three things. You know, th this could be the most important 
message you ever hear, if you take these three things to heart and you do what Jesus said, if you take these things to heart, your stress will go down and your peace will go up. Your anxiety will go down. Your lack of ease and your peace will go up. And Jesus will begin to change you. So let's look at what he said about experiencing rest for my soul. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Any weary and burdened people here? Any weary and burdened people in Hayward? Any in Fremont? Man, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you what? I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Man, he's going to give you that internal peace. You have peace with God, and you get that peace with yourself. And this is such an important verse. We're going to break this down, but here's what I want to ask you to do. It's three things Jesus asked you to do. So I, I want you to underline them. First, underline, come to me. And then second, in verse 29, underline, take my yoke upon you. And then the third thing, he says, learn from me. Will you underline those phrases? And then you can circle the result. The result is rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. It's much deeper than physical rest. It's soul rest. Your problems, your stress. You know, you, most of your lack of peace, it's not from overworked muscles. In fact, most of us need to work our muscles a little more. Your problem is you have an overworked mind. You have overworked tension. You have overworked emotions, an overworked spirit. You need rest from anxiety and tension and guilt and fear. And again, how in the world do I get that? Well, the world says, man, when you're feeling stressed out, you got to escape. Party hardy on Friday night, right? Drink a little too much, take some pills, smoke some dope. Oh, just you gotta, you gotta escape all this stressful world. Or if you're not into that scene, where the world says go to Hawaii, right? Well, what happens when you when you get off the plane in Hawaii and you go to unwind in your hotel room or you go to the beach? Who's there with you? You are, <laughs> right? Take your stress with you. The world says do something to numb your pain. It's like, it's like you break your leg and you need to go see the doctor and get your leg set because it hurts really bad and it doesn't look right. But all you do is you keep popping aspirins and pills to make the, you know, cover the pain. And you can do things to escape that are temporary and they'll help you feel better for a little while. But you're still there. You've got to deal with what's going on inside you. And Jesus said, you've got to come to me. When you're empty inside and you're feeling a lack of peace, the culture says... You need to get more. You need to do more. You need to experience more. You need to look out for yourself. You need to distract yourself. And in this world we're in today where it's 24-7 entertainment, we just, numb, we just distract ourselves all day long. So Jesus says, come to me. Number one, come to Jesus. And Jesus says, you can only have this gift if you come to me. The world, the peace I have to offer, the world can't give you. You have to come to a place where you can have this moment of clarity where you wake up and you come to your senses and you say, you know what? God didn't design me to live this way. And my life is not stressful and uncomfortable and uneasy because of my parents or because of my wife or because of my kids or because of... It's really, really starts with me. I got to look at myself. I got to come to Jesus and I got to admit that I'm part of the problem that I've sinned and things aren't right between me and God. And I have to admit that I can't fix myself. I can't make it right. But I put my faith and trust in Jesus and believe he died for me on the cross. He paid the sins for that so that I can be free. So I come to Jesus. You have to humble yourself. You know, so many people think, why do I need Jesus? What do I need? I, 
Everything's going to be okay. I'm, I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad as those people or those people. But you carry around this anxiety inside. A lot of you think the way, a lot of people think the way they live is normal. You think that living with all the stress and anxiety and fear and fatigue and tension, that's just normal. That's the way everybody lives. But that's not how God designed you to live. And you recognize, man, God has a different way for you. You might think, you know what, I'm living the good life. You know, if you live in the Bay Area, you are living a pretty good life. Got great weather, amazing people. But you know the problem with the good life? It's not good enough. God says you need the better life. You need the better life. The good life is all about looking good, feeling good, having the goods, you know, having all the stuff and experiences. And I've known a lot of people who have too much of all that stuff and they're still miserable. They're not at peace. They're still insecure. They're still fearful. Fearful. They're still afraid. You need that moment of clarity. You know, the root cause of all my stress is thinking I know better than God does. <laughs> that my way is better and I'm going to do it my way. And you humble yourself, you come to Jesus. And look what it says in Romans 5.1. It says, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. We're made right with God. We have peace with God by faith. We trust Jesus. We come to him. It says, when we do that, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. We have to come to Jesus. And it's not a one-time thing. I think it's a lifelong struggle because we keep wanting to pull away and do things our way. But we have to keep coming back to Jesus if you want to experience his peace. Now, back when I was a young guy, I think it was the 80s or 90s, I used to see this bumper sticker around in Virginia. It was a little cheesy, but it's profoundly true. And it said, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. You ever seen that? I mean, that's so true. And Jesus says, you can't have my peace. The world can't give it to you. You only get it when you come to me. And God promises but it says in Isaiah, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So you, gotta, you want to experience peace, you got to keep looking to God. Because you're not going to find it yourself or in the world. It's in God. And then you experience his peace. And then as you live that way, your world begins to feel a little more peaceful. Second thing Jesus said, I'm going to take it a little bit out of order. But the second thing he said is learn from, from me. Learn from Jesus. He wants to teach us some things. He says, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life and change you. Come to me, learn from me, I'm gentle and humble. In fact, those are two of the fruits of the Spirit that Jesus wants to produce in your life through his Holy Spirit, humbleness and gentleness. Jesus knows humility and gentleness are two of the antidotes to two of the biggest causes of stress in your life. You know what? You might not think of yourself this way, but we all live with a, a, a kind of a sense of pride and entitlement and, hey, someone called it arrogance and aggression. Hey, I, I shouldn't have to wait for stuff. I deserve it now. I've earned it. I, I, I'm worth it. And I'm, I'm impatient. I'm not going to wait, and I'm going to get it now. And so we see it played out in areas like our finances. I can't pay cash for it, but I'm going to put it on my credit card. And then we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. We say, i got to have it now. We're kind of aggressive. We're kind of arrogant. We buy these things. We think it will give us peace, make us feel better, make us be more acceptable. And what happens? The bill comes in the mail. And you don't have the money to pay for it. And now you're not feeling peace, right? But you have this, this kind of opposite of humility and gentleness. You push for things. You go, we all do it. We try to control things. When, when you see somebody who's a control freak, they're, they're very insecure. They're not able to trust that God is in control and he's at work. 
And Jesus says, you need to learn some gentleness and humility from me. You need to slow down. God will give you what you need in the time when you need it. Stop grabbing for things and pushing for things. And then Peter said, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. The more we begin to learn from Jesus, the more we know about him, the more we understand about who he is and how he works, the more peace that we'll have. I was reading an article a couple weeks ago, and uh, you probably know the Christmas carol. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. It's a real pretty carol. I didn't know the story behind this carol. And uh, it was written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Maybe you heard of that poet. He wrote this in 1863. Maybe some of you heard him read it. I don't know. But he, he wrote this poem, and a few years later, they put it to music. And we sing that song today. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play. You know, they're real, it's prettier when you hear it. Somebody else sing it. <laughs> and mild and sweet, their songs repeat of peace on earth and goodwill to men, right? It's this nice tune. But we don't sing all the verses. And I read this article about the story behind it. And Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, he was not experiencing peace. In fact, in 1861, his wife, whom he loved very much, she died in a fire. And then in 1863, you know, the Civil War was going on. And he forbid his son to go fight in the army, but his son snuck away and enlisted in the Union Army and, and later wound up wounded and maimed in the war. And he was just so depressed and so discouraged. And in one of the verses, I never sung this one, he sings about the cannons booming. And when is it going to end? And then he comes to this point there on the screen. It says, in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. He was so discouraged. But then he heard the bells one more time. It says, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. And you know, so often we're just like Longfellow. We, we see all the bad things going on in the world. And so when we see all this bad stuff going on, what do we naturally think? God's not at work. He doesn't care. There's no peace on earth. But man, if you read God's word and you learn from Jesus, one of the things you learn is God is always at work to accomplish his plan, even when we can't see it. And God is working to bring us to peace with him. And I love, I love what it says in Isaiah. So you learn from Jesus. You learn from his word. He says, remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God and there's none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass. God's at work. Man, Satan thought he won when he had Jesus executed on the cross. But God was working his plan. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. I will call a swift bird of prey from the east, a leader from a distant land, to come and do my bidding. So he said, I'm even going to use somebody who doesn't even follow me and worship me to come and do what I want, to discipline my people who aren't obeying me. And then he said, I have said what I would do, and I will do it. And see, when you learn from Jesus, one of the things you start to learn from his word is you learn that he's in control, and God is good, and you can trust him. Even when you, you don't live by your circumstances. What does the Bible say? I walk by faith, not by sight. And so you need to learn from Jesus. You come to him. That's why it's so important to come to him each day and have some time to read his word and pray and let him teach you. And then the third thing he said to do. He said, come to me, learn from me. He says, yoke up with me. Yoke up with Jesus. 
And most of you don't get it. When I say the word yolk, you think of a yellow thing in the middle of an egg, right? The yolk's on you. Yolk is a piece of wood that puts two cattle or two, two oxen or two, two horses together to pull a cart or a plow. And the purpose is when they pull together, the two of them together can do so much more than they can do apart. Even if you add up what they do apart, it's something about pulling together. They can pull longer, they can pull more, and they can pull more than they can pull individually added together. It like multiplies it. And this yoke is a symbol of partnership. And Jesus says, man, I want you to come to me, I want you to learn from me, and I want you to yoke yourself up with me. He says, God didn't create you to do everything for yourself, to carry all this burden. He didn't intend for you to live that way. He, he intends for you to come to him and he'll help you. He'll pull the load. You know what? Jesus is a little stronger than you. He can pull a little long. A, a good, a good uh, yoke takes advantage of the, the different animals yoked together, the different ones' strengths and abilities. And Jesus is a little stronger than you and he'll help you. But you're trying to do it yourself and that's why you don't have peace. The truth is, you're going to be yoked to something in life. I know as Americans, we say, oh, I, don't, I don't want to be yoked to anything. I'm free. I'm independent. But the truth is, you're yoked to something. And, you know, the number one thing I think people is yoked to is expectations of others. You do things, you live a certain way because of what people in your life expect of you. What does my husband want? What does my wife think? What does my boss think? What do my parents think? What do the neighbors think? What do my friends think? And you live trying to impress everybody else. Or you kind of live just for yourself, going, man, I got this, I'm in control. I know those people, they're not like me. I can handle everything. I don't need no help. But Jesus says, take my yoke. And there's some key things. You know, I was thinking about the lessons of the yoke. Write this down. Jesus, when you take his yoke, it's not my yoke. He says, take his yoke on you. He says, I think that means he sets the pace and the agenda. He's Lord. One of the reasons you're so stressed is you're living... Your agenda often doesn't line up with what God's plan and will is for you in your life. And so you got to line yourself up with Jesus, and it helps to be walking through life with him because he's going to direct you. And so he wants you to yoke yourself up with him and follow him and obey him. And I've been trying to follow, you know, Jesus for many years, and I get frustrated with life. I get a lack of peace, and I start complaining and griping to God about stuff. I don't know if you guys ever do that, but I... You know what I found when I complain and gripe? He doesn't help me. You know, it doesn't really move God's heart. But you know, when I, when I stop complaining and whining and I start praying, I say, God, help me. I humble myself. And I say, I want to do it your way, not my way. I surrender. I submit to him. Man, it just gets a lot easier. You know, instead of me trying to pull my, I yoke myself up and then I'm trying to go my own way. And he's saying, no, we got to go this way. Man. When you're not going God's way, it's going to give you a lot of lack of peace. Isaiah said, Lord, you will grant us peace. All we have accomplished is really from you. Now, you say, why did you put that verse there? Basically, I think that verse is, is saying we have peace when we admit we're not God. When we admit that all that I really accomplish in life that matters is because God's blessed me, God's helping me, God's enabling me. And I give him control and let him bless me and lead me and guide me where he wants me to go, not where I'm wanting to go. And have you ever come to that place in your life where you just said to God, God, I know I'm not in control, but you are. And I submit myself to you. Would you help me? Do you know the only reason you're sitting alive in that chair tonight 
is because God created you for a relationship. He put you on this earth. He's given you the free will to choose whether or not you want to follow Him and yoke yourself up with Him and love Him. He wants a relationship with you and He's given you the very breath in your lungs and the blood in your veins because God loves you. And when you yoke up with Him, He wants you to trust that He's with you. Man, when you're yoked with another animal, you go everywhere together, right? He wants you to know He's with you. Love this verse in Isaiah. It says, Do not fear, I have, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, not if, when. When you go through the floods, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. What God is saying is, man, you're going to go through some stuff, but you don't got to do it alone. Yoke up with me. I'll go through. I'll help you through these things. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of God no matter the conflict. And I realize as we come to the end of the year, we often look back and some of you are going, man, my life is a mess. I have so many problems. I'm so tired. I don't know how I'm keep going. You're barely hanging on. And you know, if you're not there right now, you've been there or you will be there. And the truth is we're all broken. We're all broken by our sin. We're broken by the sins of others. But God loved us so much that he sent Jesus so that we could have peace with him. And we don't have to face it alone. And the Bible calls it, there's a verse that says, he gives us peace that passes understanding. I've been through some stuff in my life. I don't know how I got through it. I've been through some hard times. And there were times in those, just all the terrible stuff happening. That I experienced this amazing peace that God was with me, that I wasn't alone. When I came to that point, when I stopped complaining and I surrendered and I said, I want to obey you, God. I want to do it your way and help me. I need your help. And God wants that for you. And so that's the last thing you need to write down there on your, your outline is release your peace robbers. What's robbing you of your peace? There's all kind of robbers in the world. There's gold robbers, there's bank robbers, there's identity thieves, car thieves. Jesus said Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. There's nothing he wants more than to rob you of your peace. But let's look at one of the most life-giving, life-changing commands in the Bible that will bless you if you put this into practice. I put it in the message because we've looked at this verse so many times. I love how the message says it a little fresh way for you. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. In other words, God says, talk to me. Release those things that are robbing you of peace. When you talk to me, ask for my help. Put them in my control. Let go. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. That sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, peace. And that's the most difficult verse in the Bible to obey. It's the hardest commandment. It's a lot harder than don't murder, don't cheat, don't lust, don't steal. Because you know what? You and I, we worry every day. And God wants us to say, worry instead of pray. Let it go. Bring it to me. So as we wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God. What is it you need to let go of that is robbing you of peace? I want you to take out that post-it note. And maybe there's a relationship 
Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's stress at work. I don't know what it might be. Maybe you've never let go and, and, and trusted Jesus and invited him to come into your life and lead you. Maybe you've never come to him. Maybe you've never yoked up and you just need to let go of your life. But I want you to write it down, just a word or two, three words, a phrase. And in just a moment, the band's going to play Amazing Grace. And you're going to have a chance to just, just step out from where you are and just think of this as the altar, the foot of the cross. And I want you to come up uh, across the stage or the platform and you can stick your post-it note on the front of the platform somewhere, all along here. You don't have to come in anywhere, just anywhere along the front. Man, by the end of the weekend, can you imagine how many burdens we're, we're putting on Jesus? And you know what? He can carry them all. But he wants you to come to him. And I just want you to symbolically write it down and say, God, I need help. Help me. I can't fix this. I'm tired of complaining. Would you help me? Would you help me through it? Would you help me to know what to do? And you put it there on the front of the platform.